0: Welcome to the Daily Standard podcast. It's June thirteenth, two thousand eighteen. I'm Charlie Sykes, joined by Jonathan V. Last, and by John McCormick of the Weekly Standard. Thanks for joining me. I appreciate it very, very much. Uh, let, let's get jump right into uh, the primary results. We'll, we'll get to the uh, um, you know the, some of the fallout from North Korea, which, by the way, that North Korean deal does not seem to be aging all that well. Uh, now on what what uh, day two, day three afterwards. But let's start uh, John, um uh, interesting result in Virginia Republicans nominate Corey Stewart, who some folks think is the alt-right friendly Corey Stewart. Give me your take.
1: Uh, Yeah, so Corey Stewart he won by one point seven points. He had a series of associations with extremist figures. Uh, This guy Jason Kessler uh, had appeared at a rally in Charlottesville to defend the Robert E Lee statue back in February twenty seventeen. This was the same Jason Kessler who organized the August twenty seventeen Charlottesville rally where a woman was killed in a neo Nazi terrorist attack. Uh, This guy Jason Kessler later cheered the death of a woman killed in a neo Nazi terrorist attack. Uh, Stewart said he denounced this guy. Kessler didn't know who he was at the time. <clears throat> Later, a video shows up of him calling Paul Nealon uh, his personal hero. And uh, Paul Nealon, of course, was a famous extremist. He talked about deporting all Muslims, uh, pretty clearly talking well, about... Fellow deporting. cheesehead like you Follow and me, che- right? Well, native, native, native Ohioan. No. Weekly credit singing, for Wisconsin. Uh, yeah, native yes. Ohioan, not, a, not an interloper. Okay, good. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, Nealon had talked... about said the-
0: transplant.
1: It wasn't until after this video came out that Nealon had uh, revealed a vicious uh, hatred of Jews. Uh, Prior to the video, he had only said that he wanted to deport all Muslims, including – apparently American citizens. So um, some pretty extreme ties there. Uh, Corey Stewart actually he was closer than people thought. This race, uh, you know, the, the, both campaigns, uh, they didn't have any money. I mean, it was something in the mid to high six figures. No one cracked a million dollars in fundraising, at least that I saw. Uh, there was barely any TV advertising. And I think that really this could have gone the other way if people had actually thought it was worth saving the Republican Party from um, this guy who's kind of a creep. Uh, the, the, his main challenger was Nick Freitas, a libertarian back by Rand Paul and Mike Lee. Uh, Today you have some people sort of suggesting that Freitas was an establishment, you know, never Trump loser. Uh, You would think that he would have gotten some more support. (laughs) Uh, I mean, he supports Trump. I mean, he criticized him back in 2015 during the primaries. Uh, but yeah, it was uh, it, it was an interesting result. So, so we're at
0: the state now where the the Rand Paul guy is the more rational acceptable choice for Republican primary voters. Yes, I mean that that's where he's going. Yeah, he gave so, he
1: gave a pretty stirring, rousing uh, anti gun control speech, uh, linking oh, the abortion oh. industry to you know these school shootings. Pretty hardcore right wing stuff. Um, but apparently that wasn't enough. And again, I would just say I would caution you know how much should voters actually know about the extent of Corey Stewart's extremism. I'm not sure they knew all that much. I mean that he was known for the guy who wanted He'll to know protect now. the Confederate monuments. And if you look at the exit polling back in 2017, 60% of everybody who voted in the general election last year—that includes a whole lot of Democrats who voted for Ralph Northam—they supported that. So again, you know, this is what he was known for. Um, that in and of itself doesn't make you an extremist, but um, you know, you add up all the connections. The fact that he used to be a birther—I um, saw him uh, at, a, at a rally outside the Fairfax County uh, jailhouse last week—and um, he, he renounced his. Bertherism said it was all a joke. He didn't really mean it. Um, but you know, pretty pretty extreme, pretty kooky guy. Um, we, we've seen this before. JV, why does this keep happening?
2: <laughs> I, mean, I saw this as a victory. Okay, this is, a look. This is great because Corey Stewart's going to lose by seven points to Tim Kaine, and uh, this was maybe not a winnable seat. But I would say a seat that if you had a first-tier challenger and Trump was a popular president would have been a seat that was in play. And it is better off for – <laughs> if you believe that there is any future for the Republican Party, the conservative movement, it is better that the Trumpy the Trumpiest guy possible lose this seat rather than the libertoid Rand Paul guy who is being portrayed as the establishment cuck lose the seat if that makes uh, any sense. That's this, a
0: great point. This, this, this strikes me as some of the, the, the kinds of things that we said back in 2016. Okay, you know, here, at least it's clear. Uh, the people are going to see what's going on. They're going to make the choice and then we move on and we know how that actually turned out. You know, some of the speculation about this is, you know, you, you mentioned, John, that, you know, voters might not know about Corey, or might not have known about Corey Stewart's uh, flaky associations, but they certainly will between now and the general election. And my guess is that this race will become somewhat nationalized. Uh, that uh, the the Democrats and the media will take Corey Stewart and uh, m- give him much higher profile than they would uh, a regular establishment, normal run of the mill Republican. And also, there's some speculation. Well, you 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 notice this that it's certainly not going to be helpful to Republican chances to hold down ballot uh, races, including some uh, some potentially swing congressional seats.
1: Yeah, I think the impact is going to be bigger in state in Virginia down ballot than it will be nationally for for this reason. Uh, You know, it's going to be hard to turn Corey Stewart into Todd Akin 2.0 because, uh, you know, for whatever extremism or gas he makes, they're not going to be bigger than whatever Trump says. I mean, Trump is Trump dominates the news all day, every day. He sucks up all the oxygen in the room. Uh, I mean, and and what what is Corey Stewart's extremism here? I mean, it's birtherism uh, playing footsie with the alt right bigots, uh, you know, extreme rhetoric on immigration. Trump has done this all before. And so for Corey Stewart to go um, above and beyond the Trumpian extremism and to become a nationalized figure where people are, are, are forced to uh, you know condemn or uh, or support him um, i don't really see that happening i mean maybe maybe he'll surprise us uh, when i when i spoke to him well, personally. It, it,
0: it feeds it feeds into the narrative though I mean, you are you're, you're, you're right about all of those it, it does things, and, and, you, know? It,
1: you know and just and, and to jonathan's point i do think there is something to this idea that it, the party does maybe learn a lesson uh, in these individual states i mean had had roy moore not lost in alabama I could have very easily seen somebody like Don Blankenship winning in West Virginia, but I do think that these lessons uh, do do begin to accumulate by experience.
0: Well, you you hope so. So the the the, the seats that uh, that you've identified, well, actually, uh, Cook Political Reports, uh, Dave Wasserman has identified uh, Virginia two, Virginia seven, Virginia ten, and maybe uh, Virginia five. Um, you know, are 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 seats that the Republicans hold now that that you know might be somewhat more questionable.
1: Certainly. I mean, especially, uh, you know, Barbara Comstock's seat, she won it. She fended off. Uh, I mean, she was an anti-Trump Republican. She opposed Trump uh, after the Access Hollywood tape. She won her primary, I think, something like 60-40 last night, which you would say, oh, that looks pretty good. But it's actually pretty mm. bad for an incumbent yeah. to, to to lose 40 percent of the vote. So she's already in a weak position. Not going to help having Corey, Corey Stewart being the statewide uh, top of the ticket candidate in 2018.
0: OK, the, the, the other um the, the, the other, I think, illustrative result last night, uh, Mark Sanford, uh, former governor, congressman, uh, outspoken Trump uh, critic, uh, fiscal conservative, small government uh, fiscal conservative. A lot of the folks in the Freedom Caucus loved him. But he went he was defeated um after president trump tweeted out an endorsement of his opponent of course he tweeted out the endorsement the day of the primary but uh you know the i, I think the the legitimate assumption is that is that mark sanford went down because he committed uh, the, the political sin of breaking with donald trump and so jv you can sort of you know see what's happening here is that every week or so uh the uh, the, the the Trumpist uh, take somebody out and hang them from a lamppost to go okay who wants to be next really you know you kind of wonder why war Republicans aren't standing up. Uh, Mark Sanford, the latest guy on the lamppost.
2: So uh, so somebody on Twitter said <laughs> "You know, it's amazing. Mark Sanford could cheat on his wife, abandon his yep. post as governor, embarrass the state of South Carolina, yet still get elected to Congress. The bridge too far was criticizing Trump. And it's important to note that Sanford's criticisms of Trump were largely substantive and on conservative grounds from the right. Yes, He's a right. limited government guy. And you can't even you can't even do that. I mean, this is—it is amazing the extent to which the Trump movement is a cult of personality. Which, again, I would say, if you look at the last major Republican nominees or presidents, which were you know Mitt Romney, John McCain, George H. Uh, George W. Bush, uh, and Bob Dole. There was tons and tons of intra-party criticism of those guys, and it was always considered totally in bounds, right? you could you could criticize them from the right. You could say, "Oh, well, you know, this guy is weak on immigration or he's bad on social security or blah 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 blah, blah blah, blah." And nobody looked twice at you. It wasn't until we had Trump that all of a sudden, if you step one toe out of line, there was this sense that you had to be read out of the movement because you weren't a true con and this says to me, either something in the environment has changed or there is something about the character of Trumpism, which makes it different. I mean, I, I, I'm i a very bad Republican. I, I say this off often. I, I do not. I, I don't know that I've ever voted for a Republican for president. No, that's not true. I guess I voted for yeah. McCain. Um, but, uh, but so, you know, I would say over the last like 18 years, I have criticized pretty vociferously, pretty vociferously almost all of the every major Republican who's running for president. Um. Certainly during the presidential campaign, and nobody cared. <laughs> it wasn't no, no, until nobody, Trump nobody, that cared. people no, started getting like really upset
0: about that, this. That was yeah. my,
1: that was my gut reaction too, and I, I thought you know you, I kind of likened uh, the Sanford uh, scenario to Steve Bannon. You know, Steve Bannon could do all these awful. Immoral right. things, and the one thing, <laughs> the one thing that led to his defenestration was by making an honest criticism of Donald Trump Jr. That meeting with Russians, re- meeting with a foreign adversary, promising you know, uh, spy secrets uh, on your opponent was was a bad was some bad shit. And oh, sorry, uh, uh, that's what he said. Though. <laughs> yeah, uh, and uh, that that and, and well, he called it literal treason. I mean, so uh, that was my initial reaction. I pointed this out to a South Carolina guy. Um, and he, he pushed back a little bit on the Sanford thing in particular. He said, listen, Sanford was a weak candidate in the first place. His first primary where he beat, what, uh, Stephen Colbert's, was it his sister or something like that? Yeah. Bad candidate. You know, he won by, what, like 10, 10, 15 points. Already a weak candidate. Having faced a better candidate, uh, you know, that, that was his argument, that he was already weak. But, no, I mean, obviously the Trump factor, it was an effect, whether it is a, you know, it, it obviously didn't sink Barbara Comstock, but I mean, the fact that she lost 40% no, of that the was, primary that was in yeah. Northern Virginia, it just goes to show you that this is a, this is a powerful argument in a Republican primary.
0: You yeah, I'll go back to what you said, J.B., about what does it take? Uh, what, what does it take? Uh, so, you know, Mark Sanford had all of this baggage, including this very, very public affair, lying about this public affair, and that didn't derail him, you know? Um, what does it take? So I mean, he he could have been a birther. He could have had Paul Nayland you know, come to his his rallies. He could have had videos with alt right folks. None of that probably would have gotten defeated. It it, it is the it is the criticism. I you know what, what else can you say about all of this? You know that this keeps this keeps going on. You know, I was um having a discussion yesterday with somebody was talking about various outcomes of the midterm elections, and uh, she suge- uh, she uh, suggested that, well, you know, if Republicans held on to the House and to the Senate, it would just be status quo. And I said, you know what? That is uh, decisively wrong. Um, among the many scenarios, uh, the Republicans, if Republicans hold the House and the Senate, it will be a very, very different Congress. When you think about all of the guys who have been purged or retired or or left, the uh, A Republican Congress in 2019 would be much, much Trumpier. I mean, imagine what the Senate will be like without uh, John McCain, without Jeff Flake, without Bob Corker, um, with, with all of these examples of, of, you know, John, great use of the word defenestration. You know, if if you break with the president on any of this stuff, I mean, you want to talk about hey um, and an, an an end times uh, an end times scenario. Um, hey, by the way, I'm I'm a little obsessed about a couple of things here, including my my favorite story, which is is posted up on uh, on the website. The Hollywood trailer that the White House made for oh. for Kim. <laughs> It's
2: amazing. It's, um, it's amazing. it's amazing. I don't understand why this has not blown up into the biggest story in America. Frankly, exactly. Because exactly. you look at this thing it's and so it's good. I mean, it's it literally is constructed as a, as a they, they begin with a title card saying a destiny pictures production. And it is both a fluffing of Kim Jong-un, but also of Trump. I mean, it is you know the, the there are seven billion people on the planet, and only a small number of them will ever make any impact, and only a small handful of that small number can change the shape of the world. Two such men arrive, you know. It's it it needs Don LaFontaine as the voice of God in the narration. That's the only thing it's missing.
0: Well, and and and, and, and the and the reports how the reporters sitting in the room when they, when this thing comes up on the screen. Everybody there thought that it was an example of North Korean propaganda. <laughs> you would, it you would so think it's from top, and you would think it it's from uh, Trump made
2: this. Yeah. You would think it is from resistance hole, which is the the onion parody of the, the Trump. It, but here's here's the, the thing I, I would say. I hate whataboutism, but imagine what the conservative media would do if this had come out with an Obama summit with Kim Jong Un. Just imagine the insane. Do you remember the the you know how dare he bow to the Saudi king? No American president bows and all that. Rush Limbaugh and Sean Hannity would lose their ever loving minds today if this had been Obama. Well, at least the production value would
1: be better. I mean, seriously, like you control the White House, and <laughs> this is true. the best. This is the best that you can do. I mean, this looks like it was created by some like middle schoolers or something. It does look like it I comes from you know the VHS? executive producer I mean,
0: of this movie was right.
1: Uh, who? It was, it was Donald Trump, you know,
0: when <laughs> all of the preparations, <laughs> preparing for this, you know that he's going, this is an obsolete phrase, but frame by frame. You, yeah. know, you know that this is this is a Donald J. Trump p- production, I, that he thought that this, you know, what do you do, you know, at, at this, you know, w- w- on this world stage when you're meeting with the dictator of North Korea, you make a video for him. I mean, and this, this was, I think, you know, this is what he's thinking. What's going to happen? Something awesome is going to happen. I'm going to show him this video and it will open his eyes. It will move him.
1: You know, I wish I was
2: kidding.
0: I wish I was exaggerating, but
2: I don't think I am. People are listening to this, by the way. Just go to the Weekly Standards website. We have a piece about the video on the front page. You have to watch it. It is the most unbelievable thing you've ever seen.
0: The Daily Standard today is brought to you by Quip. Look, the truth is that most of us are brushing our teeth wrong, not for long enough. We forget to change our brush on time. That's because most brands focus on selling flashy gimmicks rather than better brushing, not Quip. What makes them so different? Well, it, they're an electric toothbrush that's a fraction of the cost of the bulkier brushes while still packing just the right amount of vibrations to help clean your teeth. They have a built-in timer. Helps you clean for the dentist-recommended two minutes. With guiding pulses that remind you when to switch sides. I'm one of these guys. I'm I'm impatient. I want to move on. You know, you have to have. I, I, I need I need some um, outside stimulus to say now you got to keep you got to keep doing this. Look, um, you know these things are. <laughs> They're backed by a network of over 20,000 dentists and hygienists and hundreds of thousands of happy brushers use Quip every day. And in fact, I I just got a replacement brush in the mail yesterday. I mean, this is another advantage is they will send you uh they will send you the the brushes. It is a fantastic service. The Quip starts at just 25 bucks and if you go to getquip.com/standard right now, you'll get your first refill pack free with a Quip electric toothbrush. You know that's your first refill pack free at getquip.com/slash-standard. Getquip.com/slash-standard. Um, yeah, I, I'd, I'd actually, guys, I, I would like to actually wallow on the uh, on the North Korean video for a while, but it, but it is interesting that that uh, after the massive hype of this summit, which which was rather extraordinary event when you think about it, um, that the, the more people look at it the 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 further away you you get from it, you know, um, this is as I mentioned before, it's not aging well, is it? There doesn't seem to be a sense of like this was just fantastic. In fact, almost all the reaction that I'm seeing is, okay, wait, what what did we actually get? Um, uh, what what was these the substance, and of course, the president now declaring we no longer face a nuclear threat from North Korea.
1: Well, it depends on who you're listening to. I mean, <clears throat> if you're watching, you know, Sean Hannity's show, you're thinking well, that yes. Trump is the second coming of Ronald Reagan. This is Gorbachev. He is ready to deal. Um, we are on the verge of the greatest foreign policy victory since the end of the Cold War. Um, when I look at this, this is the first time I've actually been appalled or outraged. Uh, maybe in the last year, I, I guess I've, I've kind of uh, lost my ability to care one way or the other about politics. But to actually listen to an American president uh, say that the most vicious dictator, um, Alive today, literally a modern-day Stalin or Hitler, saying that he loves his people and they love him with fervor. Um, I, you know, it's it's genu- genuinely appalling, disgusting. Um, it, it's an embarrassment to America. I think it does real harm and damage uh, to the to the country's standing as a moral beacon. I, I do think of these things that are all serious. Uh, I just don't know how people can defend this. And I mean, it's one thing to have um, the summit and have it be a pointless, meaningless, uh, you know, vanity project for the president. Um, I mean, it's bad enough. To elevate Kim, I guess one-on-one in this meeting, but to go out and actively praise him and to say that he loves his people and they love him with fervor, um, it, it was it was genuinely terrible. I think Jay Nordlinger had a great piece. Um, you know, Steve Hayes wrote about this for us um, at the Weekly Standard. <clears throat>
2: Uh, so Chosun Ilbo, which is the like the New York Times of South Korea, was mm-hmm. very dovish leading into the summit. Was optimistic about what it could achieve. They have an editorial from the paper out today, which is devastating. Uh, and says that the summit was a debacle. That Kim Jong Un got everything he wanted out of it, and that South Korea and America got nothing. That it was it, it was far and away worse than having not had the summit at all. And combine that with a little get from Josh Marshall over at Talking Points Memo about the uh, the stop for the war games. You know, the, mm-hmm. the South Korea. Did you, did you see this today? where yeah. where Trump got the idea to propose stop oh, from, stopping Vladimir, the war. Putin. from yeah. Vladimir Putin back in January of 2018. Uh, and I, I mean, if there are people who want to defend this, uh, and I know there are because like it's a job opportunity and there are people whose entire livelihoods these days uh, stem from the willingness to go on to Fox and uh, just defend literally everything the president does and says. Uh, they should have had it because this strikes me as... The low point of his presidency in that it is uh, destructive and with zero upside There is simply no way to mount a defense of what happened yesterday
0: You know John going back to you know that you you had become numbed to all of this and and I I do think the, The language and the rhetoric and the acceptance of the North Korean Propaganda is so far beyond even what we thought Trump was capable um not only did he not raise the issues of of, of human rights, uh, this lavish praise, the the way in which he the way in which he expresses his trust and, and it is I don't know what word to use. I mean it is you know, on on one hand it's bizarre in Trump world. On the other hand, you know, this is it's not just kind of a low point for the Trump administration. It's trying. I'm trying to remember any time any American president had said anything remotely like this. And again, you know, at the risk of the of the what you know, that you raised before, Jv. You know, I mean, if if Barack Obama had said, you know, one third, one fifth, one tenth of the kind of gushing, sycophantic praise he lavished it on 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 some big, uh, you know, thug dictator, it, you know, the right would not only have its hair on fire; it would be one of the defining moments of his entire presidency and yet for trump it's just you know one more thing
2: well here's here's a real question for you guys do you think that trump really believes any of the stuff he says about about Kim, I, I mean, and I mean, this is a genuine question, or is it just like word salad? It's just, you know, it, like he's just talking; he's in the moment. Like everything is the last shiny object in front of him. Uh, I mean, does he believe this stuff, John? Do you yeah, think or n- no?
1: No, I mean, I think that the mega, the the, the mega response is that hey, this is just Trump; he's just making deals. You know, when you're making a deal, you got to butter somebody up; you got to praise him, which isn't right, really right. true. I mean, this is you would think that. I mean, Kim is he's a rational treating actor. treating Kim cool.
0: the way he thinks that that he would want to be treated. You know, the lavish praise, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Exactly. Right.
2: Yeah. But, Which you know, I, again, God. I might buy if there had been a deal. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. it's it's the buttering up without the the, the getting anything. You know, you the, the, as <laughs> the rule number one for the world's oldest profession is you get the money up front.
0: Yeah, so the, the the president tweeted out, just landed a long trip, but everybody can now feel much safer than the day I took office. There is no longer a nuclear threat from North Korea. Meeting with Kim Jong-un was an interesting and very positive experience. North Korea has great potential for the future, and then he followed that up. Before taking office, people were assuming that we were going to war with North Korea. President Obama said that North Korea was our biggest and most dangerous problem. No longer sleep well tonight, exclamation point. And Stephen Hayes, the editor-in-chief of the Weekly Standard, then wrote, this is absurd and it's dangerous. Supporters of the president encouraging his premature triumphalism are making war with North Korea more likely. You know that, that that's where yeah you know th- th- this is this is his style but It 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 is now so dangerous, and you know, again, we're going to start repeating ourselves because we talked about this yesterday on the podcast. This extraordinary contrast that you, you know, beyond any sort of parody, the contrast between his his attacks on Justin Trudeau and you know his dismissal and insults to the leaders of the G seven, and then you know going off and uh, sucking up to one one of the great monsters (laughs) of, of of the globe. Where do you go from here, gentlemen?
1: You know, I don't. I don't know exactly if this is what Steve meant by saying we are now close, making making war more likely. But I did have that impression after this meeting that uh, you know everyone was saying left, right, and center. Well, whatever you think, I mean, at least there's been a de-escalation of tensions, and, yeah. And now we're farther away from war. That's not going to happen. I don't. I don't really see it that way. I mean, Trump is now saying that you know we've achieved this great victory when obviously this huge threat still exists, and when Kim Jong Un now does something, you know. Th- that makes him feel humiliated on the world stage after having this great, glorious triumph. Uh, who's to say that at the end of the day, I mean, he is the commander in chief, that he's not going to, to overreact and there's going to be an escalation of tensions and we're going to stumble into a war with a nuclear armed uh, totalitarian regime. Um, you know, I'm I'm a, I'm a moderate neocon. I just want to bomb the countries that don't yet have nuclear weapons, you know, bomb Iran every seven years to keep them from getting nukes if we can do that. Um, I am I am much more... Afraid of uh, a war with a nuclear-armed country, and I don't think that it's unrealistic—an um, unrealistic, unrealistic possibility—that we end up stumbling into a war with North Korea, which would be catastrophic. I mean, genuinely catastrophic. Up to millions of people would die. Uh, possibly. It's uh, Charlie. I have a question for you.
2: How is it possible for someone to condemn the Iran deal, but yet be over the moon positive over? the signing of the 438 word agreement that the president signed
0: yesterday, because
2: that strikes me as, as I, it's just incomprehensible. And
0: um, now we're making America great again. You don't understand <laughs> Donald J. Trump is doing what? Fair. No, look, I just, Tough it's, I, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's
1: totally different. You know, it's totally
0: different. Unfo- un- un- unfortunately, we live in a world in which the people who are doing that um, are are not challenged more aggressively. Okay, let's just take a deep breath here and switch gears a little bit. Um, I, I wasn't. I, nobody apparently was surprised by this federal judge's ruling in the AT&T Time Warner case. But uh, I, I thought the language in the decision was interesting where – Basically, the judge said, um, what a waste of time this, uh, the, the federal government's challenge of this merger was, the incredible cost to ev- everyone. And of course, it does raise the question, why did the Justice Department file this in the first place? Was there some sort of a political motive, motivation? Does anybody have any thoughts about, uh, about the, this, this merger or, 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 the, or the decision?
2: I don't. I'm a little nervous about it uh, in the way that I reflexively distrust all of corporate America and all mergers. <laughs> but again, that's as we said up at the front, I'm the House communist. Uh, so I... I don't know this is one of the things where I was sort of happy to see the, the, um, the Trump administration try to pump the brakes on it because these things it, rarely work out well for consumers.
0: Yeah, it, 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 just, it, just, it just seemed like such a complete waste of time. All right. So what else do we need to know? I'm, I'm sitting out here on the West Coast. You're on the East Coast. Uh, I'm sitting out here. It's, uh, you know, breaking dawn here in San Francisco. What, what else do we need to know today?
2: I don't know. As soon as we get off of this, I have to tape the substandard podcast where we're going to talk about Oceans 8 the lady oh, really? version of ocean's 11 uh, so you should go see ocean's 8
0: is it, is it good no okay i'm okay <laughs> I'm because sorry. A, a, actually, i didn't mean some to of be teas my tease. friends were saying hey that's the movie i want to see okay like sunny sunny tweeted that it's good it. it's not good oh, sunny right. whatever sunny says is wrong fight on the weekly Sonny substandard i
1: smell a fight brewing tune in
0: you know, on on the on the flight here, I know I'm I'm way late. This but this is my 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 I you know I'll watch what everybody else watched six months ago, and then go. Hey, this is a really interesting movie. Have you seen I Tanya?
2: I did not see it. Was it good? I, I read the uh, yes, giant I, I did. New York. It's a,
0: it's a dark comedy, and I'm only bringing audit. it up for one reason. That uh, that there's it it is it is it is actually funny. It, it's highly disturbing. Um, do not bring your children to see it. If you have a young child who's going into figure skating, this is not the movie you know for mom to or dad to bring, you know, little Tiffany along to see what it's like to be a figure skater. This would not be the movie. But there's this ragtag bunch of complete losers <laughs> who are involved in the whole Nancy Kerrigan thing. I'm not going to give it away because you all know what happened there. But there's a couple of characters that. You know, one of the guys who is the is the bodyguard and he you know tells everybody, well, you know, I I work with uh, counter tele, counterintelligence with a lot of uh, agencies around the world. And and of course, he doesn't. He's completely making it up. And it does remind me of some of the folks that uh, have gravitated to uh, the, 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 the Trump uh, Trump campaign in, in Trump, Russia, you know, that, that that really at the at the end of the day, you just have this these misfit toys who just probably could, you know, could could f up just about anything whatsoever. It's the Jeff but, Galooly presidency. <laughs> yeah, no. If he, there, there is, it's 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 worth watching just for the scene of the guy trying to explain, you know, all of his uh, his spy skills, his espionage skills, and everything, and and the interviewer basically saying, "But that's not true. You you aren't." It's it is classic. Hey, thanks for joining me. I appreciate it very much, and thank you for listening to the Daily Standard podcast. I'm Charlie Sykes. We'll be back again tomorrow, and we will do this all over again.